Hey guys, welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 12. This week on the episode, I have an interview with Aaron Wood of Ashland. Um, You guys may remember back in episode number five, I did an album review of theirs. And uh, yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit as well as um, just, you know, how tour has been for them and the, the year that they had in 2019, um, as well as the, the release of the new record. So, uh, won't take up too much of your time, uh, with the intro and we'll just jump right into this interview with Aaron Wood. Hey, what's going on? Hey man, how's it going? One second. Okay. <laughs> You're all good. Now I can hear you. Awesome. How's it going, man? Going great. How are you? Very good. Very good. Um, so basically, wanted to, to get together with you and uh, just do a you know little conversation, talk about the new album, um, kind of 2019 in general for you guys, which was a pretty big year. Um, yeah, you know, and just kind of kind of go over some stuff. How's that? Yeah, sounds good. I'm sorry, Asia couldn't make it, but yeah, it happens. <laughs> It happens, no worries, man. So um, we'll kind of kick this off with the every single interview ever <laughs> question. Uh, your name, kind of your background, what you do in the band, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm Aaron. I play guitar in the band, and uh, wow, well, yeah. Let me just mess up that first question. The easy <laughs> question. I am Aaron. I play guitar in Ashland. And uh, I I am the founder of the band, and uh, that's really all I have for that. <laughs> that's easy enough. Um, so you're you're a, a duo, kind of a like an alt rock pop punky type type of duo. Um, how did you and Asia kind of meet up, and you know what's that experience been like uh, growing together? Uh, this is honestly one of my favorite questions to to answer because uh it sounds like i'm messing with you but i'm not we met on we met on craigslist like that is like the most dangerous way to meet bandmates yeah uh yeah i i've played in bands for a while and when i i wanted to start this project um i i had a few other a few other guys involved and we wanted a singer so the most desperate thing when you're we're also from central Illinois, like like middle of nowhere, Illinois. There's nowhere around here, no music scene, so finding members is incredibly hard. And I was desperate and put out an ad on Craigslist, and Asia had an ad on Craigslist. She was a singer looking for a band, and um, we sent a few demos back and forth and met up, and it, it went from there. Awesome. Yeah, I, I totally get the uh, kind of middle of nowhere thing. So I'm about an hour north of Indianapolis over in Indiana. But for the most part, there's nothing really around us um, for the same, you know, type of situation yeah. for you. You know, like we can get to, to Indianapolis and we can probably get some stuff. But uh, Indy, as far as music is concerned, is kind of considered a B market. So it's, you know, it's much different than Chicago, for example. Um so yeah, I, I totally understand that feeling of how do I how do I get out there? Who who can I grab? Who can I collaborate with? Exactly. That that honestly has been the most difficult part because even people around here, like no one was really interested in music. They were, you know, 
just doing whatever they were doing and like you were in this climate we're like kind of weird for wanting to do music so it was very hard to find members yeah um so talk a little bit about that i guess you know struggling to to put together the band obviously had had to take a toll on you as far as wanting to create but not really having that outlet you know how did you kind of cope with that or you know push through and persevere with it Uh, okay honestly that part yeah it was kind of a struggle but um honestly the biggest struggle was once we found each other and you know found we realized that we work well together and we want to continue on this it was figuring out how to get out out of the middle of nowhere and like because for a while it felt like we were you know making these songs that we thought were good and we were really proud of them and wanted to share them but it was like how do we get people to hear this we're from the middle of nowhere and we go and we can like play at the bar on the weekend all they want to hear is acdc and uh that was the biggest thing and um we broke out of that by uh breaking into the st louis market they uh we had some friends down there our our producer matthew amelong uh kind of forced our forced our way onto some great shows there and that's kind of uh how we broke that but other than that if it wasn't for matt we still would have been struggling with that and it it, it still is a struggle to be from the middle of nowhere and uh try to get it feels like you're struggling the whole time I i don't really know exactly how to answer that like the internet definitely helps but you sometimes feel really alone in that uh in that sense yeah, and I, I think, you know, you're right. The internet obviously helps and the digital age has done incredible things. But at the same time, like, there's a massive difference between, cool, I made music and I put it out and and people online seem to like it and going out and playing a show and, you know, getting it, an involvement that way. You know, the energy is much, much different. Yeah, because, I mean, it's definitely a, it's a letdown regardless. But, like, say you put you put out a song online, it doesn't get very much traction, you know, that, that's a bummer, you were proud of it, but you can kind of, like, work past that, but I think for me, one of the worst feelings is, like, say you put out a song online, it gets a bunch of traction, and you go to play a show, and there's, like, four people there, like, that. that's definitely a big blow to your confidence, and when you're from the middle of nowhere, that happens a lot until you find a market that accepts you, and that was a Uh, you know, a a big hindrance for a while where we definitely got discouraged. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've seen it just even in our Indianapolis market where you've got bands playing little, like, like you said, kind of dive bars, VFWs, things like that. And it's like, if they could just get out on a bigger stage, you know, like they've, they've, they're so close to breaking it, you know? Um, and it's just a matter of hoping that they get there. Um, and I think the, the issue being in that smaller community, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably don't get to to make it to those bigger stages or even that better market in St. Louis as often as you'd like, right? Not really. Well, once we got into the St. Louis market and, like, when we broke into it, the scene was really thriving. It still is thriving, so I don't want anyone to take that as, like, oh, there's no scene there anymore. But it was, like, it had a boom, definitely. Mm-hmm. And we got a lot of great opportunities during that time, and that's really what what 
catapulted us out of that and onto the bigger stages was that market. And I know we got lucky in that, in that sense, because you do have to like, you know, pay your dues and play those empty shows for a while, but it definitely does start wearing on you and you get to a point where I think that's why a lot of smaller bands give up is because, you know, you work and work and work and put everything you have into it for however long. And then when it still feels like no one cares, you end up quitting and we just got really lucky in finding that uh, a scene so accepting that you know helped us break out of that and uh, i know that that was definitely luck yeah and i think a lot of that you know in the especially in the diy part of it you know where you guys are legitimately doing it all yourselves as far as at that time anyway you know doing probably all your own merch you know all your own uh, recordings and things like that and to be not just, you know, emotionally invested, but financially invested in the stuff and then to feel like it's coming up short, you know, wears on the psyche a lot for why am I still doing this? Why am I putting money into it as well? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that is still a struggle. I think that's always a struggle at any level. But yeah, when it's all of those factors all at once, it definitely wears on you. Yeah. So, um Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the new album. Uh, I'm a big fan of it. So uh, Over the Moon just came out a little over a month ago now. Um, what yeah, kind of like, response have you seen and, and kind of what's your, your feeling on that? Uh, we've had a great response, which has been awesome because we, we've been working on this album for a long time and we knew it was a bit different than anything that we put out and we we're kind of not worried like we believed in the album but we didn't know how our fan base was going to take it and like you always have those feelings but uh there's been a great response and like we played i think we played four new songs on the tour we did in november and some of the ones that were singles people were already singing the words when when we were playing these places we'd never been before as this small band and that was a really awesome thing to see yeah and i think you know at any level, it's it's great when it's new material and fans are already, you know, on top of it and being able to sing along. Yeah, it, it was incredible. Like, most of these places, even not being new music, we were just like, okay, we've never played here before. People might not even like us. And then to play a couple new songs and, like, see people knowing the words, that was a, a really awesome feeling. Yeah, and you brought up, you know, it, it's definitely a different sound than what you guys have done in the past, and um, I actually did, back on episode five of my podcast, um, did a short little, uh, like, album review for it, and um, I've been trying to put my finger exactly on, like, what the sound is, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. there's there's so many, like, pieces from all these different influences, it feels like, that it's really hard to be like oh, if you like this band, you're definitely going to like them because there's just those subtle nuances, and I think you guys pieced a lot of stuff together really well. That was definitely what we were going for, and that's like that's a huge compliment to hear, and that also makes the question in interviews when they're like, oh, okay, so what would you guys say like if people are fans of, they would like you? And we're like, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, but, was, I was telling a buddy about it, and he's like, well, who would you say they sound like? And I'm like, man, I I don't know. There's a little bit of Paris in there. There's a little bit of Tegan and Sarah. Like, 
there, there's so many elements that I couldn't put you in a box and be like, here, it's cookie cutter. If you like them, you're going to like this. Yeah, that, that's honestly a huge compliment because that's definitely what we're going for is to, you know, kind of experiment and make something that was our own and take all of the influences because Asia and I both like so much different music, like so many genres. We're so over the board, all over the board. And uh, that's kind of our goal with our music. And yeah, that's that's a huge compliment. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, and I mean, just being completely honest, it's it's one of the things that made me want to do your album review. You know, it was one of those like so often in the the pop punk scene, especially the emo scene that I grew up in. Like, you can play a couple different songs from different bands, and if somebody's not familiar with it, they're not going to know that it's a different band. It all sounded, you know, very similar. And this, I was like, man, there's there. I can't just be like. Oh, Spotify is going to say, you know, if you're a fan of Tegan and Sarah, you're going to be a fan of Ashland. Or, you know, if you're a fan of, of Paris, this is the album for you. And I couldn't do that. I was like, I'm trying so hard to put you guys in a box, but you don't fit anywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, some of the songs on the album. Um, you've released a few of them as, as singles uh, and two music videos so far. Is that right? Yeah, two music videos. So um, most recently was the OMG music video. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, the song or the video? The video. Yeah, um, that video. All right, I'm going to kind of backtrack on this. Uh, okay. The first, the first single we put out was Over the Moon, and uh, the video for that was definitely very theatrical and. Um, like we built a set and like made costumes and tried to fit a vibe and and we wanted to do that and we were stoked on that so we went so far in that direction when we did OMG we wanted to do something more simple and, and real life and the goal with that video was was to just not act like uh, we just took things from Asia's life that she either well, she does all of those things, like, normally. Like, none of that was acting. But uh, we tried to take things that either, like, stress her out or relieve stress and uh, just put those in the video and make it completely real and honest as to who she is, who we are. And that was kind of the whole concept of that video. Yeah, and I think it's a, a really important song on the album, too, because of, of that, you know. You can tell lyrically that it's about kind of struggling with um, self-esteem issues, anxiety, depressions, things like that, but also kind of just focusing to push through those those times and move on. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's de like, Asia and I both deal with those things, but her probably a little more so. I don't want to like totally speak on her behalf or anything, but um, that's definitely those are definitely struggles that she deals with daily and she overcomes them and is, uh, just a very, very strong person, but still has those, those issues. And, um, one of her things that she finds very important is to use her platform to speak on those issues. And that's kind of what the goal with that song. And like a lot of the songs on the album were, was to just be honest about things she's, she's struggling with. Yeah. Um, 
One of my favorite songs on the album is Gotta Go, the the last track, you know, to we yeah. out. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. In my, my uh, review of the album, I was bringing up the fact that the song feels a lot like, um, you know, being told that you're not maybe good enough to, to do what your dream is or whatever it is that you're you're trying to do. Um, it, it, it felt to me like almost like people are holding you back. And this song is that almost anthem of, look, I have to do this. I, it's what I want to do. It's what I feel like I need to do. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the song and, you know, kind of what the motivation behind that was. Yeah, you're you're pretty spot on with that. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier with, uh, kind of like the struggles that go along with the music. Like the, I think it literally mentions like not having money and, uh, but like the things like that, like you're saying where people kind of just, then such is the music industry is uh, people either try to hold you back or there, there are a lot of people who are very honest and just, you know, they, it definitely makes you feel pretty terrible at the end of the day when you know you put your heart into something and someone so easily just like oh that's not very good that's not good enough like you, you should just you should just quit uh, that, that's not very good and when you hear that enough it definitely wears you down but that song is definitely it is like you said an anthem to keep going through it because it's what you want to do it's what you feel like you're destined to do and you're just going to push through it no matter what all these people are saying and like, and the, the struggles that you're facing. And I think that's, that's sort of the gist of it. Uh, Asia could describe that better, but right. that's what I, that's what I get out of it. But I mean, it's, it's one of those things, obviously the writer's always going to have their, you know, intended uh, perception of it or whatever, but then how people connect to it is, is another thing. And, I think that's yeah. what brings music to life a lot of times is, you know, I was just talking to um, a band called Yours Truly, and they just released a new EP and everything, and she was talking about how there's a few songs on there that sound like they're, like, breakup songs, but that's not what they're about, but that's what everybody assumes when they talk to her about them, and I'm like, well, that's, it just goes to show, you know, like, the outside perception of a, a situation is much, much different than what it is the person was going through. Yeah, and I think that that's what is so cool about music is that, like you said, the writers have one intention, but it can be interpreted so many ways, and that's, I think, why people connect with music so much is because almost all songs, you can find something and like relate it to yourself, whether that was the artist's intention or not. Yeah, and I think... Um... I mentioned in my album review um, kind of that exact thing when I was talking about the song Ghost, uh, where, you know, she says that um, you're constantly following me around and all this. And I'm like, you know, I think that's really more about in a relationship, how you tie these these thoughts and memories to certain songs or movies or whatever it is. Oh and, then my that, God. and then I, that comes I, up and it's like, shit, I can't get away from you. I have to sort of, I have to interrupt you here. Actually, we listened to, we listened or like checked that interview out. And when you said that and we're like, oh yeah, it's not like in a literal sense. The funny thing about that song is that in her, the intention of that is like it literally, it is in a literal oh. sense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that sucks. Uh, stalkers are not cool. So. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, we, we were listening to that, and we looked at each other, and we're like, well... Yeah, I mean, but again, that goes back to that. Yeah, it goes back to that perception, you know. Of, I just assumed that it was more of the the kind of metaphorical, but wow, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly like. I we have read and listened to so many like reviews. I I honestly kind of forgot which one was yours, but we. I remember that now. Like you describing that, and we're like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool, though. I mean, and it speaks to her, you know, her strength, too, to be able to write such a an honest song, whether I saw it as, as that or not, you know, like, to be able to, to take that situation and write honestly about, you know, how to how that's affected her is um, just a huge credit. Yeah, she does that a lot, honestly, like, and that's something, like, just watching her songwriting evolve from when we started till now has just been incredible because she does things like that now, like, is so honest. And not even just in the songs, like, when we perform, the things she'll say to people is just so honest and, like, takes a lot of strength. Yeah. Uh, so you've had some some pretty cool tours here uh, fairly recently. You, you got to tour with Our Last Night, Icy Stars, and The Word Alive. Talk about that a little bit, you know. Those are some pretty big names in the the, the scene, especially. Oh, it was incredible. Um, that was, I mean, we've toured quite a bit, but that was like our first full U.S. tour all at once. And uh, it was a huge, huge learning experience for us. But um, the fact that we got to do it with those bands made it so much easier because and I'm not just saying this to like be nice or keep appearances. Like every band and every people on every person on that tour was so nice and so helpful and so welcoming. It was the best case scenario we could have had for our first, first full us. Um, and being able to go all those places with those people was just, just amazing. Yeah. And I met IC stars back in, I don't remember what year. Uh, it's probably been five or six years ago now. Um, and just to see how like humble and down to earth those guys are was really cool because they were really kind of blowing up at the time with the the new album and everything. And it was like, you know, just refreshing to see that they were definitely still we're just a band. You know, it's not we're not superstars or whatever. Yeah, that's that's how they were on that tour. That's how everyone was. Um we've done some tours in the past where, you know, someone would be like on the package would be sort of rude to us because we're a smaller band or for whatever reason. And that just like definitely leaves a bad taste in your mouth and like makes touring unpleasant when there's like someone or a few people on the tour where you're like, man, I don't want to run into them today, but I know I'm going to. And everyone on this tour was so nice. And like all the bands were like, Oh, do you guys need anything? Like, how are you doing? And they, check in and watch each other's set and uh, they're just very friendly and welcoming and it was it was an awesome awesome tour awesome um like you said obviously being a, a full u.s run it's much much different than you know smaller like regional tours and things um talk about some of the things you learned because obviously like <laughs> going out and doing a four or five day stretch versus you know before a day off versus like a day or two is much much different right yeah, um, 
one some of the like biggest things we learned uh, was that we need to hire crew, <laughs> not very much. I mean, just like one more person because on this tour we had myself in Asia and we have Zach, our drummer, and then we had our photographer Jin. And in the past, that was enough people to do everything we needed to do comfortably. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And we probably can't afford any crew, so we're just going to go with that. Uh, we, I, I'm the only one that can drive the trailer, and that was a huge mistake. <laughs> we need to hire someone else that can drive because some of the nights we would load out of the venue at, like, 12.30, and then uh, load in the next day would be at 1.00, and there's a 12-hour drive in between. Right. So that leaves a half-hour for sleep and um well we ended up just being late which we hate doing it was awesome because the tour package was great you know they like understood that we were driving ourselves we're going to be late so that was fine but after you do that for three or four days in a row it starts to get dangerous where you're just completely exhausted but you have to keep going and that was honestly the biggest lesson we learned is that we just need to have a couple more people out with us because it just gets dangerous on those drives. Yeah. Get maybe a, a driver slash merch guy, you know? Yeah. That's, that's probably what we're going to do next time because all of us took on like three or four roles. Like we would have one aside from your like playing in the band job, you would be like the tour manager and the driver and the merch manager and all of this stuff. So everyone was running around and, before days off, we would just either be in horrible moods or completely exhausted. So that was a big thing we learned. Yeah, and I uh, think I think that probably ruins some of your days off too, right? Because all you want to do at that point is sleep. You know, it didn't because it was kind of nice when we'd have the day off and all we would do is sleep. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And then it also made us have... We've always had an appreciation for for tour laundry day. It's like Christmas. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird to say because when you're at home, you're just like, man, I do not want to do laundry today. But on tour, you're like, yes, laundry day. But especially on that tour, when we would schedule a laundry day, it would be like the greatest thing ever. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I mean, people don't think about it. You know, camping's not as big anymore for a lot of places. But, you know, it it's no different than going camping for a week and whatever you packed is what you packed and hope you have a, a clean shirt the next day, you know, um, yeah. especially socks. Uh, I've done a, a few like followed warp tour a couple years and did, you know, several stops and whatnot. And it's like a clean pair of socks. People don't understand how nice those feel compared to oh these are yeah. three days old. <laughs> yes. And a hot shower. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which we got on the the Planet Fitness train pretty earlier in our in our uh, what quote touring career. We always get the black cards to where we can go in if there's a Planet Fitness somewhere. We go in and we take a shower. So we usually shower every day or every other day. Yeah. But before we started doing that, when you would go like four days without a shower, and then you finally got that hot shower, it was so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, that's something I think so many people take for granted. They don't realize, you know, it sounds silly, but especially someone at your level where you don't have the drivers and things like that, like, you're sacrificing a lot of stuff to be out on the road to perform. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, you had a huge New Year's Eve show, uh, Motion City soundtrack in Chicago at the House of Blues. Like, how cool was that show? Uh, amazing. <laughs> um, it was kind of like a. We got to. We honestly, we actually got to play the Chicago House of Blues on our last night tour, and that was uh, like a huge goal for us. Being from Illinois, like we went to shows at the House of Blues as kids, and like that was like a dream to play there. So we we got to play there twice this year, which was incredible. But the New Year's show was sold out, and we are both huge Motion City soundtrack fans, huge fans. So all that combined was an absolute absolutely amazing experience and the new year's thing uh the house of blues does like a new year's package Mm -hmm. and they drop they drop balloons and like put out these hats and uh uh, champagne and it was an awesome experience um right before the show started asia and i were walking down the there's like this back stairwell you have to go through at the house blues and we're uh we're walking down the stairs and this guy comes up behind us like in a hat and like a winter coat and like you can barely tell who it is and we're just like oh hey and then we look back and we're like oh my gosh that's justin from uh from motion city motion city and we're like "Uh uh-uh and he comes down like talks to us is like the nicest guy and i'm just like standing there trying to not make a fool of myself right because i'm just like a huge fan of this guy and He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, if you need anything, whatever, and just being super nice, I'm just trying to not say something stupid. And I didn't, but he probably was like, wow, why are you just staring right at me and not saying a word? Yeah, for sure. And I, I've been to the House of Blues a few times, so I know exactly what staircase you're talking about. And uh, I feel sorry for you that you, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, had to do interviews and stuff. I was there, um, I photographed Yellow Card um, at the House of Blues for one of their last shows on that fire, the farewell tour. And um, was running up the stairs to, to talk to Ryan Key, the lead singer, and coming past in the, the stairwell, kind of the same thing. I just kind of glanced and I'm like, oh, hey, man, what's up? And just jogging up the stairs. And then he stopped at one of those landings and he's like, oh, hey, dude, because we've interviewed before, and it was fucking Sean, the violinist, and I'm like, oh, shit, hey, like, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> so, yeah, um, House of Blues is a, a super cool venue. Um, I, I've i shot up there, I couldn't even tell you how many times, and then the Metro downtown by, uh, you know, down the, the street from Wrigley Field and all that, so yeah, um, pretty familiar with that area for sure. Um, so, yeah, Jumping back on the the album a little bit here, um, obviously just came out uh, December the thirteenth. Um, plans for for more videos off of it? Kind of what's the the idea? Are you wanting to do a bunch of videos, or is it going to be one of those like we've kind of put out what we want to put out and we're going to start recording? Um, we definitely want to do more videos. We want to do as many videos as possible. We both of us love doing music videos so hoping to do uh i don't even know a number we just honestly want to do as many as we can and uh definitely jumping into new music at the same time though um that's like asia's always writing songs um 
we're always working on stuff. So that's definitely something we're focusing on, but, uh, wanting to put out more videos for the record and wanting to do, we have a few, few video ideas, like, like outside of music videos, like content ideas. And we want to do more of that, like, um, live acoustic videos and things, things to that nature. So yeah. we're definitely still planning on doing a lot with that album. Awesome. Um, what are the plans for 2020? Anything kind of set in stone yet as far as uh, tours that you know you're going to be doing or uh, any shows specific that you're going to be playing? Um, the plan is to tour as much as possible as we can. Uh, we don't really have a whole lot set in stone for the beginning of the year right now, but um, hopefully knocking out music videos and getting those out will be, will be part of it. Awesome. That's really all I've got. Um, for you as far as uh revolving around the album and everything um like we we were talking earlier a little bit about mental health and things like that uh being in the music industry and we've touched on it a little bit i think but being in the the music industry where unfortunately it becomes a very negative uh space a lot of times how do you know what do you do to kind of grapple that you know what i mean like what kind of coping mechanisms i guess do you guys use to put that off to the side or to put a reality check into that um actually i'm gonna be honest here um we're not that good at coping with it um that's definitely something we struggle with a lot and um we've been trying to take like take a little bit of time off like here and there like at least like set aside a few days where it's like okay let's not do anything music related because uh, last year we did the, the our last night tour which was five weeks and it, it wrapped like I think we got home like December 12th and then jumped straight into the holidays and we decided we wanted to play a whole new set for the Motion City show on New Year's so we had rehearsals through there and it was just like go 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 and we never really got the holiday break so we kind of took like a week off to try and reset from that and uh, that's just something that we always deal with is where we kind of just run ourselves into the ground to where we just stop talking to people for a while. And that's definitely not the most healthy thing to do. And uh, it's something we're trying to work on. But um, I think the fact that we realize that we struggle with that might be the first step towards correcting it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, it sounds, you know, super cliche, obviously, but recognizing the problem is the only way you're going to fix that problem. So I think you're yeah. right. If, if you guys are starting to see, okay, when we do this, this is the outcome and we don't like that outcome. What can we do different? Yeah, because it, it definitely like what we had, the way we had been dealing with it was not productive because it would, it would be like an involuntary shutdown for like a day or two where people need things from us and are asking us from stuff and asking us for stuff and we're just like I can't deal with this right now I can literally cannot handle this and that's not good so we're trying to trying to like manage our time and like try to take breaks from that more and or at least try to like find things throughout the day to relax and Asia does yoga a lot and really and swears by that for uh, for kind of like centering herself mm-hmm. um 
But yeah, that that's definitely something that we we struggle with and are trying to work on because the the music industry is definitely a very stressful industry to be in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know through some of the interviews that I've done and and whatnot, and you know I've been on, like I said, followed Warp Tour a few years doing press and things like that. Um, I think it's it's one of those things where you don't realize usually until it's too late that you've overexerted yourself in those moments. Yeah. And, uh, uh, like one of the other things with that is that some, I don't even know if this is like true. It's just kind of what it feels like. Sometimes it feels like people forget that you as an artist are also a human because you like, I don't know, you put something out there and then, you like read YouTube comments, which is a huge no-no. Right. If you're an artist, pro, like if you if you if you're in a, a band starting out, pro tip: just don't ever read YouTube comments. <laughs> but yeah. like, it's like you you try, you put yourself out there, and then someone just like shits all over you, and like wants you to die and things like that. And it's like, oh, okay, that's awesome, and that definitely wears on you when you just hear things like that all the time or like it's so easy to feed into the negativity when there there's just as much positivity and that makes you feel good. But there's something about like seeing something negative about yourself that you, you stew on it more than like someone complimenting you. I I don't know why that is, but that's, um, that's definitely a huge uh, struggle at least for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I can tell you that you're not alone. Um, I was talking to uh, Christian from Anne Berlin. He's got a, a new project or a newer project called Loose Talk. And we were talking about like the negativity in, in social media and like how toxic it can be sometimes. And he, he made the comment that, you know, it's amazing how like bold and brash people will be on the Internet because it's like you would never say that to a human being in face to face. So why yeah. is it OK when it's online that you're just like, ah. It's not even really the band, you know, reading this comment or whatever. So I'm going to post it, and it's like, nope, that's still a human. That's still a person. Yeah, it's it's made it so... I mean, I'm sure musicians have dealt with that in some form, form or another, like, from the beginning of music as an industry. But with social media, it's like so... Musicians and well, everyone is just so accessible. It's so easy for someone that you have, have never met someone who does not know you at all to just like directly tell you that you suck and that they hate you and that you're a piece of shit and things like that where in the past you didn't have that direct line of communication and now you do and it's so easy for people to you know say those things online that they never would in person yeah and i i think that's kind of what you were uh you know getting at there too is the importance of Kind of taking those comments with a grain of salt, as difficult as that is, um, to just be like, you know what, this this person is lashing out for whatever reason, but it's not a real reflection of me. Yeah. So, I think you guys are, are on to something. Uh, like I said earlier, this is definitely uh, one of my favorite albums, um, and I'm still going to keep trying to put you guys in a box, but I don't think I'm going to find one that fits. <laughs> so, um, anything you want to say to, to fans or maybe people that are listening to the podcast that haven't heard of you, you know, anything like that? Oh man. Well, 
I'll do the. I'll do the. Uh, you will probably do it anyway. I'll do the usual social plug. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, we're we're at, we are Ashland, and we're at, at Ashland Official on all socials. And if you like what you hear, and oh yeah, we're on Spotify and all that, Apple Music, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the different the different thing is like we would love to hear from you if you if you comment on the newer stuff. We're probably going to comment back, and it is us running it. So. Uh, we'd definitely love to hear from anyone, and um, I think that's that's all I have to say. I'm terrible at this. this <laughs> no, is where, no, you're fine, <laughs> man. Like, Asia is so good at that and, like, so good at knowing what to say. But me, someone's like, all right, what do you want to tell people? I'm like, uh, uh I don't know. Take, take your vitamins. Eat your vegetables. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's all good, man. Um, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I'll have links to all your socials, Facebook page, you know, Instagram, Twitter, you know, the whole nine yards. Um, on the website with the podcast, we will have one of the videos, either um, OMG or uh, Over the Moon. And yeah, I I hope to see you guys, you know, around my area or somewhere kind of close to me. Um, because I'd love to come out to a show and, and do some photography with you and maybe sit down and do another conversation. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, great, man. I appreciate your time. Um, really appreciate you doing this. And like I said, hopefully we'll uh, we'll meet up sometime soon and, and get some stuff together. Yeah, I hope so. Appreciate you having me. Awesome, man. And that was the interview with Aaron Wood of Ashland. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. Super cool dude. Uh, really a big fan of that band. Um, just recently found out about them, but they're someone that has been in a heavy rotation for me ever since. So um think you guys need to check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, back in episode number five, I did a short little uh, album review, and I'll definitely have links to everything down below their social medias. Um, one of the YouTube videos is going to be down below for sure. Uh Check out the new album. It's called Over the Moon by Ashland. Highly recommend it. Um, it is a album that truly I've been able to press play on song one and not have to skip anything the whole time, even let it repeat and not have any issues with getting bored of a song and needing to skip over it or anything like that. Um, I want to give you guys a little bit of updates and some news that's going to be happening soon. Um, so update wise, we have merch. Um, so go to you make the scene.com slash shop. Um, there's several different designs up there. I'm still working on more stuff. Uh, hope to have, you know, even more designs and more options, not just t-shirts, but you know, jackets and hoodies and all sorts of stuff. Um, so would really appreciate you guys checking that stuff out also in the shop, um, from, now until the end of February, we have two shirts up that are charity shirts um, to go towards. All the profits will go towards um, the Australian bushfire relief. So we have one design that is going to go to um, the Australian Red Cross. And then the other will go to Wildlife Warriors, which is a part of the Australian Zoo um, for animal relief. So... Definitely, you know, would appreciate you guys checking that stuff out. Support them in any way you can. Like I said, the profits from both of those shirts will go directly to um, those two organizations. So, um, yeah, that's kind of our merch updates and whatnot. Um, 
few things that we've got in the works. So Diletto just dropped his new album called Old Kid. I'm a huge fan of it. That's going to be a review. That's going to be a bonus episode. I'm not going to make you guys wait until next Wednesday for it to drop or anything like that. Um, it'll, it'll be up soon, so keep your eyes out. It will pop up in your, your feed if you're following us or you know have subscribed on whatever platform you're using. Uh, we will have it in the, the standard feed. It'll just be an extra, like a bonus episode. Um, next week on episode number 13, we will have an interview with uh, a band called Callaway Circus. Really a cool band. Um, excited to talk to them. They're very young in the, the industry and everything. So um, getting in very early with them and... I think that they're they're going places. Um, different sound than what a lot of people are probably used to. Um, there's some like electro synth pop styles. There's you know some pop punk and emo lyrics, and just a really good mashup of a bunch of different sounds. Um, had a great conversation with the lead singer Ben, and. Can't wait to bring that to you, but we're going to. That'll be on uh, next week's episode, which again is episode number 13. Uh, a few other things that we're working on is um, hopefully we'll be getting out to the Tall Heights show in Indianapolis on February the 13th. Um, hope to do an interview with the guys and, and whatnot. They're super cool band. Um, they've performed, uh, with Judah and the lion and countless others, but, um, yeah, hope to, to have some information regarding that on next week's episode, as well as, you know, be able to bring you some content from that. Uh, then at the end of the month, at the end of February, um, I will have a interview with MC Lars. Some of you probably have heard me talk about MC Lars before. Um, if you've been a fan of the page for a while or anything like that, um, I met Lars back on Warp Tour. I couldn't even tell you how many years ago now, and he's just always been a, a really good dude to me. Um, we've always had really good conversations and. I enjoy supporting him. Um, yeah, so we're going to head up to Chicago and do an interview with him and, and shoot his show at the end of the month um, in February. So uh, that's all I've got for you guys this week. Hope that you check everything out. We're going to kind of play out uh, instead of the normal outro. This week we're going to end it with uh, Motivation by Ashland. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the song and, you know, take care of each other, take care of yourselves. And remember, guys, you make the scene. I'm gonna
know is 